0: Hello, Katuwantok. Here Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific, Nikkoroy Hawkins.
1: Coming up. Based on what was presented, the judge was, they felt was fine.
0: Tonga Court of Appeal quashes Lavu Lavu's corruption convictions also.
2: I don't think any other group would have tolerated this for this long. Pacifica are actually saying, you know, enough is enough.
0: Pacific Pay Gap Inquiry findings handed over to government and.
3: The idea is to discuss areas of mutual
0: concern. Ato or Samoa talks between American Samoa and Samoa underway in Apia. Before we get into all that, voting in Vanuatu has officially closed for the 2022 SNAP election. It follows the dissolution of the country's parliament on the nineteenth of August by the President Nikenike Buromboravu on the eve of a motion of no confidence against the now caretaker Prime Minister Bob Loffman. Lydia Lewis is covering the election.
4: Before this snap election was triggered, officials were preparing for an election in 2024. It came down to the wire, preparing for election day with the delivery of ballot boxes by air, land and sea. Local media say there was a solid turnout despite wet weather. The chairman of the Electoral Commission, Edward Kaltimat, has confirmed 49 regional and international observers are in Vanuatu to monitor this snap election, including Australia, New Zealand and China. Official results are expected next week, or when all ballot boxes have been returned to the Electoral Commission.
0: Thank you, Thomas Lydia. We're expecting some preliminary results to be coming in over the next few days, and we'll be reporting on those as they become available via our news bulletins on our website, rnz.com, and of course, right here on Pacific Waves tomorrow. Two convicted former MPs in Tonga, married couple Etuate and Akosita Lavulavu, have had their corruption and fraud convictions quashed by the country's Court of Appeal. The Lavalavus were given six-year jail terms in 2021 for the misuse of $250,000 US dollars in government funding given to their private school. The school had just a handful of students, but the Lavalavus had falsely claimed funding for hundreds of students over a three-year period. But this week, Fortuna Court of Appeal judges dismissed the verdict, finding the judge who sentenced the couple had not acquitted himself in an impartial manner. Don Wiseman spoke with our Tonga correspondent, Kalafi Muala, about the decision.
1: The panel of the uh, appeals court uh, gave a ruling on Tuesday morning saying that uh, based on what was presented, uh, the judge was, they felt was biased and that there were excessive interference by the judge in the case, uh, and which definitely uh, was They went so far to say that he violated uh, certain processes of how a trial uh, was conducted. And and so they they said, despite the fact that there were evidence, they could have found them guilty and sentence. They felt that because it was an unfair trial, the first trial, they felt that they were to rule. Against the death and the judgment, and therefore the conviction and the sentencing was questioned.
5: Probably a good idea just now to recap what it was they had been charged with.
1: Yes, they were charged for. Fraud. You see it's a normal procedure here that uh, for private institution, educational institutions, that the government would give them supplementary assistance, financial, based on how many students they have. And what the lavu have done, as uh, proven in court, was that they had enlisted Students that were not, uh, or people that were not students of the school. And so their numbers were boosted. And then when the auditor came in to do the auditing for for the school, they found that there were $553,000 paid to them that should not have paid because the people that they had listed were not students in the school. And so that was the, the, the charge. That was the fraud that they had obtained public finances by uh, false means, But we think.
5: All right, so what happens to the Lavu Lavus now? Can they consider resuming their political careers? What happens?
1: Well, what the, the appeals court did was in, in giving the uh, ruling of squashing uh, the convictions in the felonies, they also added to that saying that there needs to be a new trial because they said it was very apparent that the evidence could have brought them conviction. But the way the trial was carried out was unfair. So in squashing it, they also said they they leave it, uh, that there needs to be a new trial for them. So that's that's where their case is at right now. They're out of jail. They're reunited with their uh, uh, children, with two boys. The fact that they have been in jail for 464 days, I think it was since the 2nd of August of 2021, uh, they've been in jail. And so all all of that has come to, uh, to an end, and we'll be awaiting a new trial. I did ask him when I interviewed him when he came out with us, he was going to... Uh, uh, to sue for compensation, and he said, "Well, uh, he's just happy uh, to get out, and he'll he'll think about all of that, and we'll be awaiting the new trial."
5: What about reigniting political careers?
1: They anything out that at all, uh, particularly when you think that his wife, you have to see that the first minister in Tonga that has been jailed, and uh, Edward Labula himself was the first former minister. He was also a minister. That have been jailed, and so in terms of starting a, a new political career, you never know, Don, because the Lavluas are very known for being uh, very innovative, very creative. I cannot leave them for dead. <laughs> I don't think in the political career they will pop up uh, somewhere else at another time uh, with new things. So.
0: On Wednesday, Tekahui Tangata, the Human Rights Commission, handed to government the findings and recommendations of a groundbreaking national inquiry into the Pacific pay gap. By the numbers, Pacifica women earn 25% less than Pakeha men, a gap which is the equivalent of them working for free through to next year. The report Voices of Pacific People Eliminating Pay Gaps highlights the lived experiences of Pacific workers while also exploring what government employers and unions need to do to urgently address pay inequity. AnZ Pacific reporter Rachel Nath spoke with frustrated Pacifica community members who say they are disappointed New Zealand has allowed inequality to become so entrenched.
4: Economic abuse, systematic discrimination, unconscious bias and utter disrespect are just some of the lived experiences Pacifica community members have faced in the workplace in Aotearoa. Community leader Nia Bartley said this ethnic pay gap was disrespectful and exploited those within the Pacifica community.
2: We've learned from the hard way, really, and we've been actually quite patient, but it hasn't been reciprocated Mm. at a speed, in a timely manner. I don't think any other group would have tolerated this for this long. Uh, Pacifica are actually saying, you know, enough is enough, and um, just really just come to the party and, and help us get this across the line, you know, to close the gap.
4: The call for better working conditions and equal pay for Pacific workers dates back to the 1970s, with the Polynesian Panthers creating conversations that are still ongoing in 2022. The inquiry has found Pacific peoples earn less than all other ethnic groups but still do not fully understand why. Ms Bartley says these inequalities are rooted in the system and ripple into the psyche, mental health and value of how Pacific people view themselves.
2: Something urgently needs to be done because meanwhile while this isn't happening um, the well-being of the individual the well-being of the family is affected and you think of intergenerational, you know mm. you think um, family members if they're not aware or they don't understand, then it'll just continue that way,
4: and it's it's not right. Bartley says everyone needs to take responsibility as no New Zealander would tolerate such forms of inequality today.
2: We all have to work collectively together, Pacifica
4: and non Pacifica to
2: eliminate uh, the pay gap, which will once this is done, achieved, then everybody will win. You know, this will be uplifting for everybody. And I think the notion out there that, oh, this is all just about Pacifica, you know, Pacifica should do more, Pacifica don't work hard enough, isn't the case, isn't the case. You know, you would know also being the Pacifica woman that sometimes we actually have more hurdles, we have more things we need to actually achieve to do what other groups don't need to work so hard
4: for. Community Representative Jennifer Lodala says this ethnic pay gap is a harsh reminder of the unfair working conditions and missed opportunities Pacifica experience. Lodala says people simply do not earn enough money to pay school fees, buy food, raise their children or even pay their own rent. And,
5: and and this is discriminating against, you know, Tangata Fenwa because Pacifica and Maori, you know, do share the bottom of the pay scale at the moment. So where's honouring, you know, te tiriti in that? Where's the respect for for, for, for for you know for the Treaty of Waitangi principles? Where's the respect for Tangata Pacifica? Where's respect for our community? Like a economical abuse.
4: Lodala says the onus rests heavily on the shoulders of every Pacifica to continue the fight for equality.
5: As us, you know, Pacifica people, it's like mobilizing those conversations, right? Normalizing those conversations at home. You know, talking about it in your whanau on the dinner tables, on, you know, talking about it with your nieces and nephews, aunties and uncles so that they are aware and that they will carry and keep alive this conversation and keep alive the fight because we are calling for change. We are holding the government to account. You know, they launched the gender pay principles and they said they'll close it by 2025. I think it is. I don't
4: see that happening at all.
5: You know, it's like they, they make these, uh, they launch these gender-based principles and there's nothing supporting it.
4: An emotional lawdala encouraged the Pacific community not to settle for these inequalities and make their voices heard.
5: I'm doing this for, for my children and, and my whanau and to be able to see such a report that will hopefully, hopefully solidify and, and, and concrete the fight and take it to the next level is so so good and and that's my hope and that's my message to the community is not to ever ever give up on what you believe is yours you go for it have those conversations if you need support call you so that you can connect with all of us Rachel you know we are here you have a community of people that support you in your mahi reach out reach out to your people we will be right there with you
4: Ms. Bartley is calling on the community to be informed and to hold people in power to account.
2: I think our people need to actually understand the importance of getting involved because often we sit back, you know, we've, I think if you take it back from the times of the missionaries and, you know, colonization, right, it was like, oh, you know, we, we trust these people will look after us. Well, quite frankly, it hasn't actually happened, you know, overall because we wouldn't be in the situation now.
4: The inquiry found employers are prejudiced against Pacific names and undervalue qualifications held by Pacifica people. Equal Employment Opportunities Commissioner says New Zealand needs to close the pay gap urgently, given a 20-year time frame to the call.
2: If we look at the gender pay gap, we've had the Equal Pay Act since 1972. We still don't have equal pay.
4: Mm. So, you know, we're trying to
2: be realistic here, but it's really important we learn from that work on closing the gender pay gap, but you need targets, uh, you need investments, so you, you can't just expect, uh, say, in the public service to be done on baseline, you actually have to invest in addressing inequity, because without it, it remains optional, and it's something that people will get around to it when they get around to it. If we want to achieve equity in New Zealand, based on, you know, to eliminate racism and discrimination, we have to invest in it, we have to set targets.
4: Pacifica people just want fair remuneration, work-life balance and supportive managers who care, respect, honour and value them.
0: The second round of this year's Atua or Samoa talks between Samoa and American Samoa are underway in Apia. Issues expected to be discussed during the two-day meeting include health, economy, education and immigration. Despite the interconnectedness and mutual interests between the two countries, the talks are not open to media. Harnsid Pacific's American Samoa correspondent Monica Miller spoke to Susana Suiswiki, who began by discussing the purpose of the meeting.
3: Okay, well, these talks are a continuation of um, annual talks that started, I'd say, nearly 40 years ago, because... When I moved to American Samoa in 1979, uh, shortly after they had the uh, first inter-Samoa talks, the idea is to discuss areas of mutual concern. There's so much interconnectedness between the two. There's also a lot of immigration coming from Samoa to American Samoa with the cannery in the territory. And, um, you know, we have relatives um, in in Samoa and vice versa. Uh, So, um, you know, it started off, they talked about um, the main issues of immigration, trade, um, you know, how to get exports from Samoa to the U.S. market, using the connection of American Samoa to Samoa, talk about transportation, agriculture, fisheries, So, yeah, it's a whole spectrum. Uh, Lately, they introduced language into the um, list of uh, gender items and the need to standardize the use of words. And um, so, yeah, they've evolved. Good thing about American Samoa for us from Samoa who live here is that it's so close to home. I mean, it's uh, 80 miles across the sea. You can jump uh, in the plane and go over Or take the weekly boat over to Samoa, so you know uh, versus going to New Zealand, Australia, or America, which is so far away. Now, um, and that's one thing that these talks, uh, trade, is very important, but it's it's an area that really hasn't been exploited. There's there's been a lot of talk about using American Samoa as a gateway for products from Samoa to go into uh, the U.S. market. But that really hasn't materialized. Um, you know and, and I think now Samoa is um, exporting directly to the United States. Now one of the uh, big issues that I know the Samoa government is trying to uh, work on is to be able to allow to provide some of the foodstuffs that is um, uh, needed by the school lunch program. I mean, that's like multi-million dollar uh, contract every year. You mentioned that these meetings seem to be shrouded in secrecy. Why do you think that is? Yeah, uh, well, it's it used to be well when they first started, uh, the media could go in and out, uh, and and for both Samoa and American Samoa. And then um, I think about, oh, I think about ten years ago, they started um, stopping the media from going in and saying that they will issue a press release. Which they did. They did an outcome of statements, but uh, an, an uh, a statement of outcomes ra- rather. But you know, you you went there for the nitty gritty, the discussions and what took place. Because and, and 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 while I say that, this these talks are not like you have are not like you know having um discussions between like the leaders of New Zealand or or and Samoa. This is more cordial and this is more like a family when they meet. There's a lot of jo- joking and there's a, lot, there's a lot of important stuff that is discussed. But I, I, um, I'm not quite sure how it came about that they started um, um, blocking the media. And, it, 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 and then they'll say, oh, well, the media wasn't allowed last year, so we're just going to f- follow that. The the meetings are only you know happening for two days. So what can we expect to to come out of the some More <laughs> executive meeting? You know, um, I mean, I've covered these meetings you know for nearly forty years. I I, I think I think um, what what they put out uh, before the meeting started, like Star Kiss, uh workers from Samoa, was one of the top. Um, Agenda items. I mean, that's already happening with the guest worker program that American Samoa has, whereby workers are employed from Samoa and don't have to go through the uh, very um, strict immigration process, clearance process. And um, but but what Samoa is trying to do is perhaps uh, look at starting a scheme that's similar to the RSE program, because right now the um, workers come on their own. They do have a host family, but pretty much they have to look for their own housing and be on their own. Whereas with the New Zealand scheme, you know, the, the, they they go to New Zealand and there's a place for them to stay, and and there's a mechanism for where they can um, send money to their to the families and so forth. So I think the Samoa government is trying to get the cannery in American Samoa to perhaps uh, provide accommodation for the employees as part of the benefit
0: package. The first round of the Ato or Samoa Talks were held in July in Pango. That's specific Waves for today. Remember, you can download us for free to your device from Spotify, iHeart or Apple Podcasts. And if you're using Apple, please leave us a rating so others can also find us. Thank you, Tomas, and look at me for next time more.